Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. Good afternoon, distinguished listeners and friends of Navigate with I.D. It's such a pleasure and honor to be with you today. As always, I'm giving glory to God for life and also thank God for your life as well as mine. Given the fact that we have so much happening in our country at this point in time, with the NSAS protest, with all the hues and cries of injustice, it is such a time like this that we ask ourselves that there is a dire need for us to have a great nation, a great brand that needs to come to the fore. As you all know, we've been looking at the subject, the making of a brand. And in the context, we have been considering several dimensions, starting from us as a people and as a country. And just on Thursday here, I talked about the personal brand, and that is about you and I. Today, I want to crave your indulgence that as I start the first few minutes into this program, I'd like to give a pointed direction and also a point of view concerning the current impasse that is plaguing our nation, which speaks to police brutality, which speaks to all that has happened to different people at different times of their lives. And I want to start by saying, fellow Nigerians, it has really come of age. I'm grateful to God that at last we are able to stand up with one voice to say no to the things we do not want to see, to the things we do not want to hear, neither the things that we want to consider. Brutality in any shape and form is not something that anybody should be proud of or should have as a necessary and sufficient space of life. Having said that, I would like to spend a few minutes just to paint an overall picture because I am, just like you, very concerned about the Nigerian brand. Brand Nigeria represents you and I. You and I sit in that audience table that we call ourselves citizens of this country. But I think the time has also come for us to be able to tell ourselves the very home and naked truth. So as we go on this journey, I'll be able to prefer solutions, pointed directions, not just to the government, not just to the hierarchy of the police, but also to you and I as fellow citizens, and also to our teaming youths who are strong, who are viral, who have all it takes to be very reliable, but also need some form of understanding that their best days are still ahead. And so to that point, I submit to you this afternoon, dear distinguished listeners, that Nigeria and Nigerians must find an important and meaningful destination in all of this. What do I say? That Nigeria and Nigerians must find an important and meaningful destination in all of this. The NSAS protest and movement began a few years ago, but it took so long for us to get our voices heard. It took so long for, for us to be able to unite in pain, to be able to come out and say no to brutality, 
no to police brutality. But as far back as decades, we have suffered, Nigerians have suffered, indeed, citizens have suffered the uncanny drive and undue hardship and brutality by not just the police, but by men in their uniform. Let us not celebrate because victory isn't certain until the average Nigerian himself says no to brutality. The average Nigerian must say no to brutality. So my question is, what is brutality? What is brutality? Brutality is the quality of being brutal. Very interesting. Savagery. It defines and it is defined as the quality of being brutal. Cruelty, savagery, a brutal act or even practice. So what does the word brutal connote? It connotes violence. It connotes an unpleasant or harsh condition. It connotes a savage or savagely act. Now, it also connotes being inhuman, crude, coerced, especially in language. So when you find someone that is crude in language, that person can be seen, can be likened to being brutal. And also, the word brutal is sometimes used in direct form without attempting to disguise unpleasantness. When you find someone coming out to put out with a clear message, that in itself is a brutal truth and can be taken in that dimension. But this afternoon, I am quite concerned, just like every one of us, every one of us is at this point in time. Different parts of the country, in the last couple of days, you've had all kinds of protests around NSAS. There's been the NSAS protests. There's been the police brutality, the end to it. We've also had the authorities come to speak to the people. I'll bet, and however late, they have spoken. But the time has come for us to begin to ask ourselves some very, very salient, salient questions. And those salient questions are the kinds of questions that actually bring us to a certain space. And that is the space that I want you and I to consider this afternoon. What I have elected to do is to draw attention to certain dimensions of brutality, of which the one meted by our policemen, or you may call them the police force, or the SARS unit, or whether SARS or not, whether the police force, whether the policemen or not, military men, whether army, air force, and navy, customs, etc., etc., the reign on due terror on fellow citizens has been consistently and constantly done by this man, and the time has come for us to say no to it every form of brutality by men of the uniform. They do it with so much impunity. Have you seen anyone who has a squabble with a uniformed officer in whatever realm or shape coming out scot-free without sorrow, tears, and blood as the legendary Abamyada would sing? Fellow Nigerians, I truly commend the hashtag NSAS initiative, and I also lend my voice to the movement. But there are so many other dimensions that must be looked at. Otherwise, we will be curing ringworm 
with a medication for headache. Number one, we must condemn all acts of brutality meted upon anyone, especially fellow citizens of this great nation and also foreigners or visitors, whoever, anybody, any human being does not deserve to be treated with any form of physical or emotional brutality. In another vein, you see cases where guardians and even some parents, they beat, they maim their children or wards, and most especially domestic servants, or what you may term as helps, all in the name of training, all in the name of trying to bring them to be, bring correction, ethical correction to their acts. But the acts and the way in which they brutally assault these wards and domestic servants are as bad and even worse in most cases and brutal as the SARS officers or men of the uniform. Another case that we look at or consider politicians who pre-elections promise all manner of things and later subvert the will of the people either by rigging and stealing their common wealth and patrimony all in the name of service as bad and as cruel as the SARS men. They innocuously deny the Nigerian people the sense of a good life and this permits generation to generation. Do you imagine that every year a budget is reeled out at state level, at the federal level, for different things to be done? You will then realize that these things are never touched. Going by our earlier definitions, you can classify this as brutal because it is inhuman for someone to divert monies that are meant to build roads, hospitals, and amenities, and converting all of these monies to private estates and pockets, and they live large at the expense of the people. Tell me if this is not brutality in its own form. If I go by that, it is very clear. It is very clear to my head. It is very clear to my mind that we must be able to do things differently and begin to look at this monstrous word that must be removed from our psyche as a people. And what will not fill me if I miss this piece in this whole list of savagery and brutality. Rapists who take advantage of innocent girls and women and make them live an emotional, leading, and torturous life. They are not different from the SARS men. They are equally brutal. We have been brutal to each other. We have done all manner of things, but the height of it, as you and I have seen. Friends, I want you to understand that my heart really goes out to every family that have lost a dear one. Our hearts go out to them. It's been year upon year. It has happened over and over. And it has come to the point where we all want to say no to it. But I'm just saying to us that we should not just sit in a place and use the medication for ringworm when we know that it is not the medication for the ringworm that will stop this carnage. If we continue to have man's inhumanity to man by doing the things that we do, the same level of savagery is being perpetrated in homes 
It is being perpetrated in schools. It is being perpetrated in offices. It is being perpetrated on our highways. How much more should we not stand and condemn this act in, in its ramifications? So my message to you all is that as we are standing on one foot, looking at SARS, let us remember that we have, as you're standing on one foot, know that you have five tools. There are dimensions of that foot that must make it have balance, that we should not over-concentrate, so that by the time this particular one is gone, we start seeing other things continually raise their ugly heads, even as much as rape. We've made so much noise about rape. The time has come that we can condemn it too and see it as brutal savagery. But in all of this, there are certain lessons that have come to me in the last couple of days. In the last three days, we have witnessed protesters, especially our youth, standing up to say no to brutality, to police brutality, no to enters, no to the perpetration of injustice. Great, great, and great, I say. Finally, I hope that our youth have been able to find their voices. Finally, I hope that our citizens have been able to find their voices. But more importantly, I want to submit to you all, this is about citizenship. This is about citizenship. When a little boy is cut down in the prime of his youth, when a young boy, a young man, a young adult is cut down in the prime of his youth, he is not cut down alone. He has a family. He has brothers. There are men, married men. There are married women that have been cut down in several dimensions, all by the same dimension and power. But we will not see this as only a youth, a youth agenda. It is a citizen's agenda that we want to make a new brand out of our Nigeria, that the only place we're going to build a country, make our country great again, is from this rubble. This rubble that we have is what you and I are going to use to build a better and greater nation. I know that you believe it the same way I believe it. We will make it happen. Look at the way things have come through in the last 48, 72, 96 hours all over the globe. People rising to say no. This is not a time where people look at injustice and they swallow it. No, it is not swallowed with pride. It is taken very seriously. But I'd like to put a word of caution. And I'm addressing this to my fellow countrymen that we classify as youths who are currently protesting, who feel that they've been marginalized, who feel that they've been tortured, who feel that they've been taken for a ride for too long. Yes, you have a point. Yes, you have risen to it. But there are certain things that you must also observe. Yesterday, I had the privilege of seeing the protesters along about my colleague in the Butemeta for close to 30, 45 minutes. They went through the different uh, routes and we watched them. Was there in traffic? They were not violent. It was peaceful. But there were all kinds of people on the streets. The question I asked myself was, who is leading the charge? Who is leading the charge? Now, in some quarters, you hear people say that this is an organism that is coming out on its own, where people are on their own rising, that there is no leader per se. That does not make it an advantage. And I'm not prescribing that you should have someone that is sitting down and sitting back. No, what I'm saying to you, it is more dangerous 
when people don't even know where they are going. It is a lot more dangerous when there's no vision. It is a lot more dangerous when we are all coming out, all in the name of NSAS, but we don't have a vision of what we want. It's a lot dangerous when we take some things for granted. And one of those is that we are all out. I say to you, my dear friends, we need vision. What is our destination? I started by saying that Nigerians must find an important and meaningful destination in all of this. The big question is, what is our end game? If we are saying, and I'm speaking now to the generality of people, I'm speaking to you as a citizen. I'm speaking to the leaders of our country. I'm speaking to the leadership of the police force. I'm speaking to the leadership of the military. I'm speaking to every senator, every House of Reps member, every elected officer, and everyone who stands in the place of public service. Where and where are we heading? We must find an important and meaningful destination in all of this. And if we take the whole gamut of what is happening within the context of what you and I consider every day, words like the making of a brand, you realize that every brand has several products. SAF is an uptake, is a product of our police force. And so just like you have consumer goods, just like you drink water, you have different beverages, you have different foods that are brands. The companies, the organizations, they have a structure, but they also know where they are going. Now, have you found any serious-minded brand or company with a portfolio of brands where they say a particular product is offensive to the people or the consumers do not like it? or a certain service is not right, and they leave it on the shelf. Listen to it, my friends. What the people are demanding, and this is to the government, the lesson you must get from here is almost like a product. You produce the product over time, and the consumers are saying to you, this product does not meet our standards. This product is, not, is harmful to us. Do you start discussing whether you are going to reform? You take it away first. Many years ago, when I was at the Coca-Cola company, right away in Belgium, I had nothing to do with the container, I had nothing to do with the product. But somebody sprayed pesticides in the place where they stored cases of canned coke. In no time, someone started a campaign saying, oh, because I smelt it, I began to vomit. Now it cost the Coca-Cola company a lot. They had to withdraw coke. That's the brand from several. This was 1997, thereabouts. They withdrew all the cans, that batch of production. Why? Because somewhere in some warehouse where they sprayed some pesticides, some people, some consumers claimed that that particular thing affected them and it made them vomit and they went through process. I can go on and on naming different products like that, but I want you to know that when big brands stand, when a great brand stands and is affronted with some of the things that happen when a great company stands and one of its products is on the line, what happens is that the directors, the owners, the stakeholders of the company do not keep quiet. They come out to the table and they apologize to the consumers. And this is a message that I'm sending to the government. This is a message that I'm sending to our leaders. 
They were too quiet for too long. For many years, citizens have been crying of the ills of SARS. We cosmetically deal with it. If you don't cosmetically deal with it, you won't have this problem. When judgment is not done, speedily, with the hearts of men are set on iniquity. The question you begin to ask yourself is, how did we get there? So I'm going to lay these as a parallel, just like you have your typical brand that you find every day. So imagine that is a product that you are taking, a certain product that you take every day. And for some reason, this product becomes harmful. What happens in the country? What happens to the company? And what happens with the regulator? There is always a regulator. That's why we have NAVDAC. The first thing you find NAVDAC do, NAVDAC will issue a statement to say, this particular product, this batch that was produced at this time was found to be compromised. And people are advised to be careful concerning this batch number. And they issue the batch number. But what then happens? You find everybody now glutinously now decide to, the message out is that this product is bad. No! It is not that the product is, you can't throw away, sweep everyone with the same brush. It is not everybody in the police that is bad. No! There are few bad elements. The same way we isolate products, the batch of products, we have to isolate those ones. And what do you do with them? You take them to a place, and in the product parlance, those products, first and foremost, samples are sent to the lab. When the samples are sent to the lab, the lab would look through it and say, what and what may have happened? They begin to investigate to find out the remote and possible causes, causes why that product had that problem. It did not leave the factory that way, but something must have happened. It could be environmental, it could be anything, but the important thing is every single company goes through that process. Friends, now as we are talking about SARS, we are talking about our police force. This is a product. The policemen are Nigerians. We need to do it the same way we treat products. We now need to also look at it that the bad eggs amongst them must be taken to a certain space and they must just the same way we take bad products that are recalled from the trade, take them to a place. Do not pump them back into the, into the society for people to drink or eat. It will become more harmful. Take them to a place and begin to understand what went wrong and take them through that rehabilitation just the same way research and development will start looking at and saying, what really happened to this impute or ingredient? I'm saying to the police force, I'm saying to the government, rather than paying lip service and telling us that you're going to give us another structure, you need to sit back and do a proper analysis and investigative direction, but with a destination in mind. And that is the way I want to take it, mirroring the making of a brand side by side with when the brand is having problems with one of its products. What do we do as marketers? I'm using that analogy to prefer some advice to the government, to the police, and also I will come to my young friends, the youth of this country, and of course, the generality of citizens of which I am one of you. We'll be right back shortly. I'll just take a short break. Let's pay some bills as we typically say. I'm going back after this commercial break. Don't go away. This is Navigate with ID. Don't go away. See you shortly. This is Navigate with ID. Welcome back from that break, my dear friends. Just in case you're joining us, we've been looking at the theme of the month, which is about the making of a brand. We had to take a bit of digression to talk about the issues of the day. 
especially the current hashtag NSAS protest that is on. And I said just before we went on the break that Nigeria and Nigerians must find an important and meaningful destination in all of this. Just before the break, I was stepping in to make you understand that if we were to look at this challenge like a company that produces a certain product. So you take the company has produced certain products and these products have been in the market for say 50 years. And all of a sudden, they start having consumers complain about a certain batch of production. What happens? There is an internal protocol in the company in which they deal with product complaints. There is a product complaint procedure. That procedure is what will be followed. There is a protocol starting from the trade. The distributor will be told what and what to do should a consumer or a customer come to complain about a certain product. If that protocol is not in place, that particular company is already setting itself up for failure. By the time the distributor continues to communicate with that consumer or customer or a variety of customers that have a problem with that product, they are able to translate that same news and take it back to the company. And within the company, there are people designated to deal with such issues, starting from the person of the brand manager. And ultimately, the managing director, wherever he sits, is one person that must be aware of what is going on to that particular product or that batch of production. So you have the supply chain people, starting from the manufacturing team, starting from the logistics team, going to the sales people, going to the marketing people, going to the PR people, and then all the human resources. The entire organization is involved. Use that as a case to look at the story of NSAS. Look at it and look at our police force. Look at our society today. Even if we take the police as a spec, as an example, friends, you find out that there are very many things that have not been done well. From the first point that these issues have been up on the table, what has the hierarchy done? What has the managing director done about it? It's been lip service. When you pay lip service, what you are doing is damaging the product and ultimately you damage the brand. And once you damage the brand, there will be no company. That is why if care is not taken, if our leaders do not rise to understand that this is a very serious venture, they could just as well begin to keep that product of trust away. Friends, there's a fundamental truth and there's a fundamental thing missing. We do not have trust as a currency in this nation. Nigerians don't trust their leaders. The citizens don't trust their leaders. The leaders, on the other hand, believe that the citizens trust them. They believe that they can say certain things and get away with it, but they forget that pile upon pile, they have eroded the sensitivity and the censorship of trust. And when truth does not come to the table, there can be equity. And so today, you can liken the protest that you are getting the same way consumers will be protesting in their rooms, protesting out there and saying, we don't like this product. Are you just going to sit back and say, this is what we'll do? The company comes out with a variety of materials to placate and induce and also incentivize the consumers to say, sorry about this. But I've not heard anyone come out to apologize to say, sorry, Nigerians. Sorry, citizens, for the carnage that these men have done. From this day forward, this is what we'll do. Rather, we will sweep it under 
a carpet of beautiful words, especially spoken by spokesmen. Spokesmen who don't understand the fiber of communication. Just like I told you about the product. When the product is default, defective and it's in the trade, the trade to the consumer, from the customer, to the internal protocols of the company, one single fiber that runs across well is communication. It is communication that makes and oils the protocol. But in our case, the communication protocol is so faulty. And this is where I'm coming, my dear friend. At this year, I have a message, not just for the leadership. I said I also have a message for the leadership of the police force, for the leadership of our nation. And I want to speak to the youth first. Friends, you guys are all protesting fantastic. We support you. You have my salute for it. But who is leading you? Where are you heading? Many of you are just going on the streets without even understanding why, how. What is the future that you desire? Is this not the time you ask yourself to say, where are our leaders? There is a vacuum. There is no youth leader. I was watching channels today, and I saw a certain man come out to say, he is the youth leader for his party. And I looked at him with gray. Nothing to do with gray. I'm not, my son has some strands of gray, but trust me, that gray that I saw was not a youthful gray. What do we define as youthful? Do we have a sense of character and relevance to be able to differentiate and see that truly if these are the leaders of tomorrow, then they must begin to show it. I'm saying to you that even when you find in the days of old, when there was no communication, when there was no device, when there was no internet, there's one thing that will happen, the trumpet. When the trumpet is blown those days in Israel, by the time they blow the first one, they know that it's the time for the leaders to gather. And by the time the trumpet is blown a second time, they know that it's the time for the people to gather. Who is blowing your trumpet, youthful Nigerian? Who is blowing it? You're all going out. It tells you that there's something missing. Don't allow entertainers become your leaders because they don't even have the sense and geography of leadership. I'm watching television. I'm seeing Davido. Tomorrow we are hearing that Naira Mali. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, but I'm asking, are these leaders? That they are entertaining you does not mean they understand the art and science of leadership. There's something missing with our young generation, guys. Rise up and begin to let those ones that stand well, stand well. Because when the trumpet is blown, the leaders should come together. Today, the government has brought out the olive branch. Who is the government going to speak to? Everybody is stepping forward to say, I am. With no sense of direction, when there's no vision, the people will perish. Let us sit back and go back to the drawing table and say, where are we heading? What does the average youth of this country expect of this nation? So come 2023, when anybody is standing there to be, I want to be Mr. President or Mr. Governor or Mr. Senator, you have your list. I say, sir, you do not meet this criteria. And then the way we have done hashtag answers, we say hashtag end bad governance, because that's what is causing all of this problem. When men whose hearts have not been seared with injustice climb the altar and are given armament, they will only face the people that give them the willpower to do it. That's what is blaming us. That's what is plaguing us as a nation. The time has come for us all to stand up and say, this is not what we want. This is what we want. But you need leaders to make it happen, not managers. This protest can continue. This protest can stop. But the question is, who is going to blow the trumpet so that people can communicate? I told you, using the case of products, of a company, when there's a bad product in the trade, in circulation, 
and consumers start complaining. When they start complaining, the distributors will hear. The wholesalers in Okiani, they'll be the ones to tell you. They communicate why there's a protocol. What is the protocol that the protesters are using? L Top, Jack Rag, and Tom Straw will join the protest. Good. But when you are isolated, even the bad ones and the bad eggs who are not supposed to be there will be there. It's, a, it's called mixed multitude. A mixed multitude can only bring destruction, not constructive direction. And that's why I'm saying to the youth that are doing this, wake up and smell the coffee. Don't let people hijack it because you have a gap. There is nobody that can speak for you. Isn't it time for you to rise in the six geopolitical zones and begin to elect men that are after your heart? Men that you can see that can carry this mantle and tell you there's a future called there and there's a destination of a new Nigeria. That's what I'm looking for. Not people standing before the IG and telling me the five-point agenda. Where did he get it from? It is not about thinking. It is about understanding the fabric and the process of development. If you don't have that, then you lack it. A leader leads. A follower follows when he sees the right thing and the right direction. But the first thing is that his ears and his heart must be truly tuned. Listen, you are listening to this station now because there's a frequency. You are listening to me and hearing my voice because you've been able to tune into that frequency. Ask yourself, what frequency and type of leader are you tuning into right now that is making you believe that that man can take you there? If he can't, he can lead you. The blind can lead the blind. And in the country of the blind, or in the country where you have the midgets, the tallest who can be the midgets. That is what we have always been, the giant of Africa, but we are just the tallest among midgets. There are nations that have gone far. We can't continue, friends. That's why I'm saying to you, this brutality is not just about police. We must stand up and stand up and say no to every brutal thing that is done. If we sit on the streets and you see somebody rising up, a man in uniform, a woman in whatever, being raped, Stand up and help and save that Nigerian. That person could just for well, be your sister. But we have lost that sense of humanity. In that sense of humanity has eroded us. We all pass. We don't longer blush. We don't blush again. You just sit and say, Oh, Umasheo. Why? Why? Because of the lack of proper self leadership. Dear friends, I know that you know that I'm speaking out of passion, the passion that I have, that this nation will rise from the doldrums of whatever is plaguing it to become great again. Like I always tell you on this program, Nigeria will become great again in my lifetime. There are truths that must be told. And now, let me leave my friends, the youths and the citizens. Let me step into the terrain of the police force. When I come back on Thursday, I'm going to give you a blueprint of how you should go. Let me tell you, every brand that you find in the marketplace, any brand in any category that it plays, there's one thing they start with. They start from the place, from the word positioning. Positioning. Positioning is often the difference between a success and a failure of a project. This project that is on the map enters if you don't position it well, it can become a success or has a tendency to be a failure. Why? Because positioning is very important. And you may ask me, what exactly is positioning? 
Imagine a plane that is about to land. Every single pilot that lands the plane knows that there is a land, there's a place of opportunity. So imagine that you are in the pilot of a plane. And by the way, you may ask pilots, whenever you get into, the, before they get into the airspace, they always check what is the weather of the place they are going, the destination weather. They check the weather in, in situ, and they also check the weather where they are. There is no pilot that takes off without checking the weather across the board up to the destination. So he knows that there's an opportunity on that side. But these days, we ask ourselves, do our leadership truly see the opportunity at the end of the tunnel? With all of these things that have been said, does anybody understand that it's important to desire a destination for Brand Nigeria? Where is Brand Nigeria going? Where is the new Nigeria? What is the purpose of the new Nigeria? I believe this is the time, Your Excellency, and all the excellencies, it's a time that when you, rather than go for all these retreats, I don't know why they retreat. Anyway, that's why we're not moving forward. It should be an advance. When people talk of retreats, they keep going backwards, backwards. Maybe that's part of what our executive, our legislature, and our judiciary stop going for retreats, my people. Stop going for retreats. When you retreat, you are going back. Advance. So let us start talking about the advance. Moving this nation forward. The starting point. Let us position and have in our head where exactly do we see Nigeria 2030 in our minds, in our mind's eye, just the same way you want to bring out the best of the North, the best of the South, the best of the West, the best of the East. I know there are so many kinds of agitation. It is natural because we are human. One thing I said to my friend who lives in Europe, I said, listen, the white man came to colonize us. But guess what? Even they themselves were not together. That's why you find in Europe, they were all dismantling themselves just with a little, a little match. So much has happened to us as a people and as a nation. This country has been together. So when I look at people starting to say, this one should go this way, that one should go this way, this one has an agenda. There's always been an agenda. The question is, what is your agenda? Do you even have an agenda? If you don't have an agenda, then you are not better than those that are just entering the road and doing nothing. You are not better. Because they're talking about protests. There are many people on this protest, trust me, if you count them, 1,000 of them probably on the line, maybe only 10 have a reason why they are, why they are marching. The other 900, 9,900 are just for The context of it is lost on everybody. Why? Because proper communication and the sense of value is not broken by visionary leaders. That's why I'm saying that now is the time, whether APC, PDP, whatever party, ZLP, TDP, whatever name they call themselves, I next will call all of them together and put them in one room and say, what is the destination of brand Nigeria? This plane called Nigeria is about to take off. We just finished our sixth year anniversary. We are yet away to get away into the third week of our anniversary. And the whole youth are saying, this country cannot burn because we are the future. So what is the plan? Mr. President, what is the vision? Mr. Speaker, what is the vision? It's not going to, going to go and ask the DPO to build, to build protesters. I mean, how do you imagine? I was a director in a company. I was the managing director of a company. I can imagine what it would take that one of the directors will now have to go to a distributor and be begging me, please release, release some of our products for us. Let us take it. We know they are bad. How does that happen? Is that normal? 
It's not normal. It tells you there's something wrong. Why don't the leadership step back and say, what is the future of our police? Policing in Nigeria and with all kinds of seminars, they've gone all kinds of places, different schools, bring one portrait, one direction that says that is the destination. That is what Nigerians should look forward to. By 2020, this is a portrait of the policeman in Nigeria. This is a portrait of a military officer. This is a portrait of a citizen. This is a portrait of you find someone that is trading. The portrait of the Nigerian youth. Then we understand that we are beginning to have a DNA. There's something in common. Though tribes and tongues may differ, in brotherhood we stand. Why? Because of humanity. Not because you come from the north, because you come from the south. I just imagine when I see things, you know, in the papers, reading, whether it's Katina youth, I said, those ones are not youth. They probably don't even know where the song is coming from. Some politician will come on, and that's why I hate to watch politicians begin to politicize this. This is not about politics. This is about citizens, friends. It's about citizenry. And so don't allow anybody politicize this. It's about our common patrimony. So when people are coming and telling you we did this in our time, no, there's nothing like that. It is about the citizen, the office of the citizen. And I personally would take it, any politician I see that begins to take people on the side of the divide, I'll personally call him out. We should stop it. Let's begin to see it as a citizen's challenge. The young ones have a right to life. The young ones have a right to a decent living. And I'm also saying to my young friends, Listen, friends, you have to check yourself very well. I was also young, just like you. I was at the age of 24. I became a management trainee. I joined Guinness Nigeria uh, PLC. Hopeful. I was earning a policy 1,000 naira a month. You can say, oh, that was then. But it's the same. What you need to do is do the analysis from a net present value and bring it to today's terms. You know how much I was earning. It's not very different from what you are earning. It took the company to do something fantastic for us. They partnered with Union Bank and they allowed all of us to go take car loans guaranteed by the company. But they were taking it out from our salaries and it was also on here, there, much more, more. And that's what was happening to some of us. That's why I was able to have a car, unlike my father's time. My father had to take a loan. My mother bought a Volkswagen, 1200 cc, 2300 and 310 pounds from Mandela's. Mandela's was there. She brought it home. My father bought a Ford Escort. He did not, he was a civil servant. He had to take a loan and he started paying some there, there. And after a while, he became his own. They were taking it from his salary. But you know, godliness and contentment is good gain. But now, many people have opened their pipes and that you cannot be content with the little salary you are earning. There is no structure in the society to allow young men to even have loans. The central bank today is running with stagflation, inflation, reflation, and then we have all manner of voodoo economists telling us this and that. I studied economics. I made a second class papa in economics, and I have an MBA. So if you are talking degrees, I have a degree. But I'm telling you, it's not about degrees. It's about looking at what will make this nation work. All hands must be on deck. All the men plying the streets and calling themselves leaders. Time has come for them to say, what is it about the Nigerian project? We need to position Nigeria, guys. And I'm telling you willy-nilly willy now, I stand before God and I tell you that we have assets in this nation. We are people in this nation. 
if the presidency or even the national assembly or the state assemblies lack how to position their states, please pay a visit to the National Institute of Marketing of Nigeria. They are. That's their job. That's what they wake up doing. I'm privileged by God to be elected as the first vice president. I know that my people will be ready. You can move to the Institute of Public Relations. They'll help you fashion how you need to speak to your people in times of crisis. Don't just let any spokesman that just probably had a, 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 back, uh, a back whatever just come and talk to people anyhow. It's not done. And if you need accountants, ICANN is there. If you need solid HR, CIPF, there are professionals that are doing the job every day. Why can't you rise and take people to make this Nigerian project work? There won't be all of this carnage. The youths will have a place to say, at least that is the model. Today we don't have role models. We don't have heroes. What do we have? We have all manner of tormentors. And after a while, they all go quiet. Why didn't you all bring your luxurious cars on the streets now? Let us see, Mr. Big Man, Mr. Politician. But very soon, when the elections open, these same youths, and this is where I'm coming back to the youth. When the time for elections comes, if I see all of you piling out to start carrying whatever without asking questions to the man who you want to vote for, what is he going to do for you? Then you are as bad as SARS. Because you don't want to end SARS. You want to end SARS, but you don't want to end your penury. The penury and the carnage upon the wealth of this nation must stop. The youths have risen to say no. Now you can see that your voices can be heard from London to Tokyo to wherever, to America, to South Africa, to Asia, voices have been raised. And to say, answer, at the same time has come as fellow Nigerians that will say, end poverty, end lasciviousness, end to laziness. But we now welcome prosperity. What does it mean to be prosperous? It's the spirit, soul, and body that our health institutions will work well. Don't the politicians, I look at these guys and I wonder what manner of men and women are these that you, you fall ill, you get into a plane and fly out. Let us continually thank God. But for the deaths under COVID, we need to thank God for COVID. For once, they couldn't go anywhere. They had to end their travel. Time has come for us, friends, to look at this holistically and let us go back and sit back as a people, starting from our leaders to the police force. And I'm saying this now to the police leadership. When you sit back, Mr. Inspector General, you need to sit down with the crack team. If you don't know how you are going to do it, I've just mentioned to you, look for the Institute of Marketing, look for the Institute of um, Public Relations, look for the uh, Chartered Institute of Personnel Management, let them come and help you in going through the process because you can't just carry the staff, the former staff, and throw them into the police force like a bad product that the company has. The company does not. They quarantine. And when they quarantine, they send it to the lab so that they can check and see what may have been wrong. Some of them need to be examined again, whether they are actually human or robots. If they are robots, just put them as a sample for AI. But I believe that not robots, it's just that they are taking something that must be far higher and better than them. And these days, these things are very cheap. Even a Vostik can make you high. And so if these men are on a Vostik, then we draw a Vostik from them. Let them come back two, two years. Then we know this is what we are doing to bring about the new police force. Every 
place there's always a new. Why I believe there will be a new Nigeria is because there must have been an old Delhi before there's a new Delhi. There's no reason why New York can be called New York if there was no old York. You know that. So there will be a new Nigeria. In like manner, I believe that there will be a new police force. I believe that we'll have new leadership. I believe that everything about Grand Nigeria will still come, will stand well, regardless of whatever we played it. Friends, I believe with all of my heart that you and I are on this great journey. But for starters, when I come back on Thursday, we are going to sit back, I'm going to spend time and tell you about positioning, how you can position a brand, and then you trust God to get it to where it is. God has finished the work on the cross. Jesus finished the work on the cross. God has finished it by making you and I. The rest of it is for you and I to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But it takes having good understanding of your audience, the frame of reference, and what your point of difference will be. Then you sit back to have an enabling support. When I come back on Thursday, I'm going to give a pointed direction that will help you as a person, help you as a business, help you as, as a policeman, help you as a leader, help you as a public servant, help all of us as a people, because we need to reposition Nigeria as a brand. It's about the making of a brand. That's the theme of this month on Navigate to the ID. I talked about the personal brand last week, and this week, just because of this NSAS, I had to step in in a way to let you understand that it's not all what we think it is, but it will get there. It's a good place to start, but we cannot rubbish it. And just trust God that our best days are still ahead. Thank you for so much for listening. And if you have any questions for me on this subject, you know what to do. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Let's continue the dialogue there, and I'll be able to express myself a lot more. But I thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on board. See you on Thursday, same time, same station, Lagos Talks 91.3, and I bless God for you. Please ensure that you stay safe. Please ensure that as you protest, remember, don't be savage, don't be brutal. The words that you've spoken have been heard. Time has come for us all to act together in the best interest of our great nation, Nigeria. God bless you, and goodbye. Navigate with ID.